Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com Spotify. TommyJohn.com Spotify. See site for details. Welcome. It's nearly Christmas. I'm Giles Alderson, and this is the Filmmakers Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are having a fantastic build up to Christmas. If you're listening to this after, I hope you had an amazing time. And I hope during this time that you carry on writing your films, you carry on doing a little bit on the producing side and thinking about how you're going to direct that movie. Because why not? What else are you doing? You're playing games, you know, having fun. Sod all that. You want to go out there and be a filmmaker? Do something about it. Even if it's five minutes, this break, do it, make it happen. Thank you for listening. Today's podcast is with the fantastic director, Zach Adler, and the producer-composer, James Edward Barker. Between them, they have amassed hundreds of credits. This is a treat for you as filmmakers, an absolute treat. Their film, The Courier, is out now. It stars Olga Kurilenko, Gary Oldman, um, Amit Shah and Craig Conway, amongst many others. We sat down, myself and Christian James, who is the director of Fanged Up and Stalled, which will be out this Christmas somewhere. Go search it out. And we had a brilliant chat about their filmmaking methods, how they got to where they were, and of course, The Courier. Zach's first film, I'm Reed Fish, starred Jay Baruchel, uh, and that was picked up by Content Film during its opening night at the Tribeca Film Festival. It's a pretty decent start. From then, his second film was Familiar Strangers. Then he made The Rise of the Craze and The Fall of the Craze. Casual Encounters, which starred Brooklyn Decker. Then he went on to make American Romance. Then Rise of the Foot Soldier 3, The Pat Tate Story. And then his eighth film, The Courier, which is out now. During that time, he also exec produced on Final Score, starring Dave Batista and Piers Brosnan. James Edward Barker had a production company with Scott Mann, the director, who was on episode 101. I'll put links to all that in the show notes. Uh, He's a composer and a producer, and here are some of his credits. Um, The Tournament, Psych 9, Devil's Playground, After the Fire, 4321, uh, the Noel Clark starring and directed feature. The Human Centipede 2, uh, Heist starring... Um, Robert De Niro, Precious Cargo, Don't Knock Twice, Rise of the Foot Soldier 3 with Zach Adler, Dead on Arrival, Lean on Pete, which is uh, directed by Andrew Haig, Mara, which starred Craig Conway, and of course Olga Kurilenko, Final Score, and The Courier. Um, I mean, what more can I say? It's just a delight to sit down and chat with them, and I'm sure you'll get so much out of this. The Serial Killer's Guide to Life is out on January the 13th that I produced for Staten Cousins Row, Poppy Row, and with Charity Wakefield as well. Uh, You can pre-order that now. Link is in the show notes. And the next Make Your Film event is on January the 28th. I'll mention this again at the end of the episode. What I'm going to do now is do all the Rain Downs discounts and all the shout-outs at the end of the show this week so we can get on with this week's podcast because it is Christmas and it is New Year. And the super exciting news is next week's podcast is with the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody. He's also the writer of The Two Popes. It is, of course, Anthony McCartan. He also wrote and produced The Theory of Everything and The Darkest Hour. So that will be with you on the 30th, uh, which is Monday. Which is why I'm also putting this one out a little bit earlier because uh, Tuesday's Christmas Eve and then the 31st is New Year's Eve. So a day earlier. Ah, What the hell? For you guys, more fun, more joy because it comes to you a little bit earlier. And then it's a special surprise on January the 7th. We have... The 1917, the new Sam Mendes movie. Screenwriter, Christy Wilson Cairns joining us. That's the 7th of Jan. So, what treats we have had for you this year and starting the next year with an absolute joy. I hope you enjoyed Fernando Morella's last week. Oh, we are good to you, aren't we? Give me an amen. Give me a hell yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, if you have enjoyed this year, please do tell your friends. Please do subscribe to us. It does make a huge difference. We're on pretty much every platform where you can get your podcast. Tell your friends. Tell anyone you know. Uh, this is a really cool podcast. It helps filmmakers. That's what we aim to do. That's what we wanted to achieve. And hopefully we have. But for now, here is this week's podcast with Zach Adler, uh, myself, Christian James, and of course, James Edward Parker. Enjoy. Funny, just called, I've just stopped sweating from my ridiculous run from Liverpool Street. I'm okay. Do it. Do it. Strip, it's a lovely jacket. It's not going to work for a podcast, no, is it? No. Here he is. James is joining us coming down the stairs. No, no, no James, you're fine. We, we've started in our own unique way. I'm taking way my podcast. clothes off. That's how we begin. That's how we do it. So, James, you'd like to pop your trousers and your top on the side. <laughs> and then we'll... Uh, and if you could dance just, for us. <laughs> so, we are in, we're in the cinema. Um, yes. Or the screening room at the... What's the name of the hotel? Courthouse. Again? The Courthouse <laughs> Hotel, where the Courier is having its cast and crew screening tonight. That's pretty exciting, right? Feeling good about that. Is this the first time some of the cast have seen it? Emotionally or physically? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> both at the yeah, moment. You're like both, yeah. yeah. Well, for, thanks for having us on the it's on a, the show. It's a real pleasure to have you both on the film. Yeah, it's podcast. great. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. So go on, Zach. No, no, thank you. Ex- gonna, no, no. We're going to keep, keep doing, doing this. Happy Christmas. Thank you. And CJ is joining me as my co-host today. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. You look good. You sweated because you ran from... I ran to get here, so I'm really stinky and really sweaty. I might have to take off a layer in a minute. But at the moment, I think my God, lower layer... Gonna, then they're going to be me, me sweaty. <laughs> well, <laughs> my <laughs> underlayer yeah, exactly. is a white it's T-shirt, nice. and I think there might be patches. Yeah. So uh, we, We've asked them to put the air con on in here. We it's, have, yeah. yeah. Right. Zach and I want but, everyone to be freezing. Yeah, so they don't fall asleep. Nipples, yeah. like a chip. Cold Nipples. and alert. It's, it's, so like, yeah. it's so unlikely, though, they're going to fall asleep watching this movie because it is balls yeah. to the wall, full-on action. Yeah. It's loud. It's exciting. Yeah. No one's going to fall asleep. I think yeah. you're all right. And if people are in it or they worked on it, they're going to be waiting for their moment. True, so that's if true. they yeah. did fall asleep, yeah. that would be really disappointing. They fall asleep off it? the opening credits. Yeah, that's, yeah. you can oh, fall asleep now. Yeah. I think it'd be really nice to talk about how, well, me and you met. It's really nice. I worked on The Crisis first ad on the sort of pickups section didn't i, I came and joined you this is how we met i remember it's what i remember about that day too is the funniest thing was you and i showed up like a good half an hour before any crew <laughs> yeah i did find that really we weird was, it, was, that, was the call time was yeah, that the yeah, call no, time giles and i got there call time and we're like it was late everyone yeah. was late we're like i didn't understand what was going on i thought and i was like what, what's going on you went no nah, it's just it's, nah. it's i was yeah. like okay that kind of shoot all right all right and were you could have because you were at the tail end then of your of this of a two film shoot as well yeah. how was he at that point was he quite you know, i think you were quite uh fuzzy headed and that kind of right let's inside. just get through yeah. to dead inside <laughs> yeah i did some other pickups that you weren't there on so yeah. that also maybe says i went to india Oh, did you? I was like, I was like, fuck it, I'm going to India, because we did, we did it. the cut, we did, we cut two movies, yeah. back Actually, to back. We, we should jump back because yeah. this is, we talked about this briefly about five minutes ago. This is quite interesting because uh, Zach took on, uh, well, I thought I was a real hero for taking on one film at short notice, mm. but Zach has outdone me. He's done two films at short notice. So how did this happen? So you had these. Tell us what. what well, it was, was the, it? it was the the rise of the craze and the fall of the craze, mm-hmm. and Carnaby and Signature decided to do them concurrently. Mm. Um, and I had done a film uh, that Carnaby was doing the the UK sales for, so mm. I just popped in to do to check out the trailer, and they were like. They had, what do you they, do? Yeah. <laughs> well, they had just making tea. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. And they, You'll do. They were like, we just had to fire or we lost this director. We're shooting One two weeks, two movies. What? Um, if you want to do it. Were they grooming great. you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in retrospect, they were for the career. They're grooming, yeah. I don't think if I read the script repeatedly, and that's two scripts as well you're reading. Yeah. But how did you, so were you Well, they were in prep. Or? They were in prep. <laughs> yeah. so, so a lot of it was um, sort of, I inherited, you know, a lot of cast and crew and locations. And How much prep did you miss? Uh, like there. a month, probably. Oh, so how's that wow. so jumping prep, into something? That? I had yeah. 10 days of prep. Just turn up. Ten so days when of, everyone knows the project, wow. I suppose, you're playing catch up, but they yeah. know it intimately. Yeah, no, exactly, and it was a little chaotic too because I think you know there was a um, a, a separation of the the team mm-hmm. of the director and the producer. Uh, so, yeah. so there was trying so to bad guy. Uh, no, I was just sort of the guy, guy who was traversing a difficult. <laughs> the guy yeah. who showed up and was like, "Okay, <laughs> I'll yeah. do it." Yeah, yeah exactly. and it took us a little while to get on our feet. I think mm. the first week was was a little um, 
you guys can imagine the first week was a little shaky mm-hmm. and then by week two we were, we were okay rock and rolling I've done commercial shoots where you have to jump in like a day beforehand but they yeah. just want an act they want a director on set to direct the actors and that's it yeah. but doing a feature must yeah. be really what was interesting about the rise and fall of the craze is we had um, I think it was I want to say 160 seems too high we had a tremendous amount of speaking roles we had lots of mm. small roles mm. mm-hmm. and essentially we hadn't cast any of them <laughs> so we were casting as as we were going right um, and that was Interesting and challenging, yeah. and and often I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have much um, input or time to look. Yeah, at Yeah, I mean, I would look at people reels, right. quickly and sort of, but so, you know, certainly meet them on the day. Mm, yeah. And yeah, be like, hi, you're yeah. like a very important character in a very important. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we were talking about this character. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Come and jump in on this. And obviously, come coming from America anyway, and having to direct films about the craze, it's a very English sort of subject. Anyway, that must have been also a bit of a jump. Even though I believe you'd heard of them, you knew of that world, so that must have been yeah it was interesting also you know we were filming around the areas in which you know their story had unfolded Mm -hmm. and everyone has everyone i met had a craze story and it was really interesting you know to we'd sort of loosely base it off you know uh, one or two books um but you would have a an event that happened right so you had the 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 murder of jack the hat McVitie. yeah but you would have like two or three first-hand accounts that are totally different so it's interesting as a filmmaker to kind of try to figure out what probably happened what yeah. works in the film mm-hmm. what but like everyone was like you know people I was like my uncle knew the great she said they were lovely you meet a lot of like people from the background yeah i did because we shot it really um nice. yeah because we shot in uh well some of the pubs as well. We shot in some it? of the yeah. pubs, we shot in the blind beggar and oh, stuff. Wow. But we also shot in um like Peacock's gym and Canning Town and stuff and yeah, we had a lot of a lot of stories. A lot of stories. But the film, it's a rise of the craze and the fall of the craze did blockbuster numbers, didn't it, for signature and it was just <laughs> fantastic, right? It was a big epic. It's like, whoa, no one really expected it, I suppose, but they were both brilliant films and big numbers. Oh thanks. Yeah, no, I, I they were. I think there were the broke sales records and mm. I think I think, you know, especially the UK, I think we like an underdog. Yeah, and I think we they were up against a bigger film about the Cray Twins. Tom Hardy's one. Yeah, and I think ours were probably So it's like the Curry in Star Wars. It's like the Curry in yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Exactly yeah. right. That's yeah, exactly you'll the see same the upset on Monday. <laughs> Out at the same time. Yeah. yeah. But, but one thing that made me really happy is um a friend of mine, you know, texted me or called me and he said, I've I'm I think he's somewhere like he said, I'm in Liverpool having lunch and people were talking and they said, Have you seen the Craze film? And they said the Tom Hardy one. They're like, No, the real one. We got, we got the reputation of being cool. like the, yeah. the authentic, yeah. you know, the gritty the gritty, which is great. Yeah. How long were you shooting those for? We shot them. Uh, probably about two months. And did you treat it as one big film? Were you, or was it? This is film one, and then a break, and this is film two. Or how did you? Well, we what, what was great about it is in a way we treated it like one one big film, and we were able to um, sort of block shoot, and we were able to use the same location, yeah. and and actually, I, you know, it was it was really great in a, in, a, in a lot of ways because of that. And I think um, I haven't done television yet, but I think that would be. Something potentially, you know, exciting because not only do you get to sort of have a compound of production value, um, Mm -hmm. but also the characters doing two films back to back. You have a bit more time to sort of really try to start to like build that, you know, that arc and get to know them. That was cool. I remember speaking to Simon Cotton and Kevin Leslie, who played the leads in that film. Simon's written um, My Knights of Camelot film and how interesting he said it was at the time, not knowing what what film I was in. So he'd be yeah. like, oh, am I doing, am I doing the one or am I doing the four? Rise of <laughs> I don't know today and just sort of how, yeah. what my character's arc is. Now, I thought that was really interesting you know, that for was, an actor. That right? was confusing for, for us because like, you know how it is like in your, your, your it's hard enough script, anyway. You're like, you all want to be on the same page, yeah. literally, right? So you're yeah. like, you have a page number and then you have colors, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, I'm on 173, blue, scene 1B. <laughs> I'm on was it? And then you're like, wait, which film are you doing? <laughs> and they're like, two, I'm going to get it. Yeah, because I was in the other film, yeah. which is great. And you two, you two met 
uh, James, you met on, you worked on a film together, but yet you'd made like 30, I mean, looking at your IMDb credits, it's crazy. Mara recently, yeah. uh, Final Score. I mean, these are just the ones recently, obviously now The Courier. It yeah. just, your credits go way back Final Score together, wasn't it? You were exec So Zach, exec, and I composed, yeah. Yes. But we and didn't produced. actually meet on that film, yeah. No, um, you met before that. What's your you history? Where, where did we met on Rise of the Foot Soldier 3. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So Zach directed and I, I was asked to compose it. Yeah. Um, but I think Craig Fairbrass introduced me to the movie. Yeah, he yeah. he's a matchmaker. Yeah, people yeah. don't know that. I hear about that. that. No, yeah, yeah. He's Everyone got, says he's, he's got great that in him. Yeah. No, he did. He's great. And you know, it was funny because at the time, um, I had been sort of lamenting the what I felt like was the loss of that director composer relationship mm. that was so sort of you know celebrated. Um, I feel like maybe that isn't talked about so much or encouraged so much. And I, I kind of was made an effort or made a decision that I was going to try to find a composer that I could really collaborate with um, because it's obviously so important to a film. Mm-hmm. And I, and I found it in James, who's this brilliant, talented composer. And um, and he's it's right true, there. but yeah. what he I have to, what, he's, he's <laughs> sitting right next to me and he hits me. <laughs> but what I didn't know is he had this whole other, I had no, I had no idea that he had this whole other, um, uh, life and career as a producer. Yeah, never, Which, never let them see you coming, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> you obviously, you started off as a composer and you were yeah. making music, and then you sort of made the switch halfway through to sort of start producing. Was this out of necessity? Well, so my dad um, was chairman of a company called The Works, which yeah, back mm, in like 2005, 2006, yeah. it was their heyday. And mm. they had distribution and sales, but they also had $100 million, I think it was, from the UK Film Council, which at the time Jeez. was like unheard of. Yeah, it's unheard production. of now. <laughs> Unfortunately, they pissed it away on art house films and, and, okay. and lost a lot of money. But, mm. uh, so, but I had this amazing opportunity. You know, they're a public listed company to like sit on the board every week and just like listen as a proxy and sort of just listen to how the business sort of works mm. and you know I, yeah I was doing a lot of films as a composer and, and once you sort of build up these relationships with directors you know you're like well what do you want to do next and I'm like well I'm doing this but I'd love to do this but no one's helped me and you're like well you know I've got a little bit of cash I could put into development why don't we go away and maybe develop that script again mm. so that's how I sort of started doing it really and you know I financed a couple of shorts as well um, what did you get out of it did, what did you learn from that in terms of just know? building up the relationships really like, sure. yeah I mean I mean what, what I got out of it was yeah the background to the you know how to build the backbone of a feature really um, and then uh, you know the first feature well actually I did an extreme sports film in like 2006 i think right. called the because chaos you're so theory sporty. <laughs> well i well i'm not but i'm a big i'm a big extreme skier and and it was about extreme boating actually like okay. kayaking it was crazy they were going off waterfalls anyway yeah. that aside one guy lost an eye actually uh, what, uh, that oh, aside right. um, yeah. the, um, is that on your crew or <laughs> no it's one of the boaters they were crazy man like, oh, yeah. literally right. one guy broke his back one guy lost his, lost his eye that's good drama and Jesus. I was like, it's a good, yeah. good drama yeah yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> Um, yeah. Filmmakers in the room. <laughs> yeah. I'm standing. Are you like, are you like I'm going to score the shit out of you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to. It, it was mad. It was it was like guerrilla style. You know? Yeah. Um, and but yeah, the first feature that I sort of really sort of started develop, developing that came to fruition was four three two one. Noel yes, Clark's. Noel Clark's um, wonderful yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was that, and and then I I hooked up with a guy called. Scott Mann, business. We know well, Scott Mann. Otherwise. No, he's been um, on the episode 101 of this podcast. If you want to listen, I might put a link in the show. Yeah, notes, I, so think, do I think I remember him yeah. doing that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. brilliant. He's yeah. fantastic. Great stories um, about De Niro and the work. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really good episode. And then, um, you know, he and I made a bunch of films together. We made um, Precious Cargo. So I made like, a, you know, a few things with Scott. And then we, d- we decided, you know, it's very amicable. We decided to part ways about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit sort of like, what you know, will I be able to find another partner? Would, would I ever be able to sort of, yeah. you know, have that sort of relationship that's again? It's and... hard to find in this business. We yeah. F- we find it a lot, isn't totally. it? It's very difficult to find someone yeah. on your way Yeah, because if you grow with someone, there's an mm. Yeah. But it's hard so to So I rummaged in. around for a bit, you know. So yeah. Any yeah. full starts? <laughs> yeah. Was there any kind of like, oh, we could have something? And it was like, yeah, yeah, there were a few, actually. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then it just, you know... It, it's just like with projects isn't it you meet people and you're like yeah, yeah let's do that and then 
you put a little bit of effort in and then nothing seems to come from it. And, and, and then, yeah. you know, Zach says that he was looking for a relationship in a composer and, and I was looking in a, for a relationship in not only a, a, a director, but a partner. And so Zach, um, Zach, was it something you hadn't had in the composers you, you'd used previously or what, what was missing before? Was it just, yeah, no, to be honest, I had never had that. I never yeah. had that uh, connection with a composer where I felt like there was that. And it's a hard thing to, because uh, I've bounced between and, and back to an art, back to previous ones and then to new ones, just because sometimes with projects, they're not the one, your default ones aren't available. Mm. So, and it's quite weird having to describe music or talk, and I'm not particularly, my musical grammar is pretty crap yeah so i have to end up singing something or describe it in a very roundabout yeah. way so having someone that kind of knows the kind of stuff you like and you know if i play this it's not you know hopefully i won't offend you that's a kind yeah. of and it's hard to well it takes time to find it, those it, things. It, it really does and i think it makes all all the difference and you know it was interesting with the courier is that because james and i we're, we're working together from the very first step. Mm. Um, he, I spent more time with Zach than my wife yeah. in the last year. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. healthy. By the time I got to write the score, <laughs> I just, I just, well, I just knew yeah, you knew yeah, what sounds he liked, what he yeah. wanted. Yeah, like before, as I was writing it, I was like, I don't need to play him that because I know he's not going to like that. How many goes did you do? Shit, I did, nah, James. Don't do that, James. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and that's really it's hard to find that and I think it's yeah. it's it's really valuable and, and I think also the, part of the process was that the score was sort of integral um to to how the film w- would unfold so mm. there was a sense in the opening where um Gary Oldman's character uh, the villain was a the a master manipulator and a, and a and a puppet master and his plan was working and we see the plan unfold. Yeah. And then Olga Kirilenko's character uh, is the fly in the ointment. And so the moment that she doesn't do what she's supposed to do, according to him, which is die, mm-hmm. um, there is a, a, a strong shift in the score. And so that's something James and I um, basically wrote together and planned out. So it had that it had that real, you know, the score was, was, yeah. was really organically part of the storytelling process. So with the film, with The Courier, it, you've expertly, because as filmmakers, you can often smell when other filmmakers have had a big name yeah. for, I don't know, a couple of days. I don't know how long you had him for, but I, you've disguised, well, if it good. was, yeah. yeah, it's disguised really well because yeah. you mm-hmm. kind of, I think I subconsciously look for those things. three costume changes. <laughs> was that, yeah, yeah, that might have been it. It's genius. <laughs> the different and, way the patch was yeah, moved I think around his face. In my Bruce Willis I don't think he had one costume change. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 Just a vest. <laughs> oh, we're, we're talking here. Sorry, you carry on. You carry on. We'll just split this up. We got, do you know what? Time. We got a review the other day that said, love the podcast, it's amazing, but you lot keep talking all over each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, well, we, yeah. We always say, like, we always, again, whenever we, you know, whenever just put our preamble before the podcast, we sort of say, oh, we will talk all over you and vice versa. Because yeah. we'll just, like, scramble to say, we should have whatever. a fork each. And then if we feel the other one's talking, Not you can just, them. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just jab them. Yeah. So you guys have yeah. a fork. Yeah, yeah, you have this yeah, we yeah. Well, when I listen to other podcasts, they're, always really, <laughs> they're really professional and they take time to listen to it. I don't listen to anybody. I just want to say my thing. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to say it. Yeah. I've got an idea. People are all right with that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? As long as the questions are forthright oh, and people answer enough. It's but it fine. is lovely chatting with filmmakers. Yeah, more so than when you do interviews. There is an understanding about the process. It's not stilted. I'm no. going back. I'm, I was making a really intelligent. You were point making a about, point. Please, and I want to shine light back onto the point. I was making like Gary Oldman. So, how long did you have him for? And what was yeah? Because you just for six six months. Did six months. Lived, he lived with me <laughs> and James because, because he is. It's all about um, preparation. So oh, he like he likes still... to give a year um, <laughs> with the filmmaker. <laughs> you know what? Move in with you. Um, he's, my wife was totally cool. Yeah. He's jesting, but actually, Gary did seem to he is very meticulous he hmm. is a rhythmic like it's like he's, he he hears words as rhythms and so if you do change stuff or do suggest changes on the day hmm. it, it, like he's, he just has a sort of computer says no sort of moment oh, and, really? and he's like yeah. oh. and he has to go away and like okay hang on a minute okay. and it's like because he's literally it's amazing he has performed it and rehearsed it to himself as a, as a rhythm, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's, you know, he's a genius and I think he's one of the greatest living actors. And, and I Definitely. do think that he, I think James is right. I think there's a musicality to yeah. how he understands language. So it doesn't serve him to change things um, 
on on the day because he does actually put a tremendous amount of preparation uh, into every role every role he plays. What was fascinating, I think, with him is, and CJ touched on this, is how it felt like it, you were with him the whole time. Yeah. It's like we kept coming back to him, we kept That's being good. in his world, yeah. and it didn't feel like you had a short amount of time, yeah, which I imagine that. you did because it's Gary Oldman and yeah. he costs a lot of money. It was three days. Okay, yeah. Three yeah. days. You three shot days all that in three days. days. That's pretty impressive. Isn't it a lot? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was sort of waiting for the... Because it's... I mean, I'm, I'm guilty, but we both are, of that here's your higher paid star who mm-hmm. sits behind a desk for, you know, half a day and like, right, got that stuff. We'll you know, but it didn't feel that. It felt That's like you good. were blocking and, and he was part yeah. of the movie. And the stuff you were shooting, so what you're cutting back to when you came back to Gary... I can call him Gary now. I know him pretty well. Gaz. Yeah, Gaz. Gaz. <laughs> G-man. Um, <laughs> when you came back to me, it was fitting him with what you'd shot elsewhere. Well, I'm glad that worked. Yeah, we, we, we made an effort to keep his character and, and his performance, you know, very much interlinked throughout the story and, and feeling integral and not feeling like you say that he's just sort of popping in. Which is funny because really, you know, really when he had three locations for Gary, you mm. know, we had uh, where he shot Frank and then, um, spoiler alert, and, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then in the cathedral and then in the apartment. And yeah. That's yeah, yeah. So we shot it all in London and that was um, made it green screen. Like New York. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, so yeah. that was kind of wow. actually hard fought um, because I really wanted his character to be a New Yorker, and I wanted it to have that international scope. Yep. And um, we didn't have the resources to to shoot in these different locations, so we we used um, green screen for the exterior and the interior, and then um, had a, a plate shot in New York, and uh, was a, was put in with VFX. Um, and I'm really pleased with how it looks. I think it. I think I it, yeah. It, yeah. it looks like it's New York. It really does. Yeah, I, I totally buy that. So, yeah. How was it working with Gary? Then you said he was. You know, he was sort of meticulous. He thought about it when he comes in. How was the process as a director working with someone like Gary for you? You know, it's 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 a big star. What was what's you your tell process? Him the accent story. The accent. Oh, uh, did you just? Tell us. Tell us all. Come on. Tell us, so we can. You know, it's fine. It's good. Um. The, uh, apparently, um, he, he, his character, Gary Ullman with an American accent, somehow is more, what's the word? Oh, uh, well, I didn't mean that bit, but yeah, okay. Go, go on. Oh, well, well, <laughs> well, how okay, do I tell well, that okay, story? Fine. Okay, fine. So, in order... In you literally or, can't tell Okay, fine. Okay, I'll tell no, that bit. T- tell the story, okay, and I'll, then we can work out how to I'll retell get in trouble. Yeah. I'll, get, I'll get in trouble for that bit, and then you tell the, the, the good bit. Yeah. So, uh, um, I'm not sure yes, there is a good bit. <laughs> there is. There's fun, because, like, you, yeah. Uh, there's a lot you'll of, know it when he you, comes up and you'll hit the punchline. Yeah. You've you created a lot of drama here. We'll probably pop to an advert right now. Yeah, right now. Yeah. Come yeah. back yeah. after the So, <laughs> no, basi- basically, it's it's that Gary with, a, with an American accent yeah. is, is worth more domestically. Um, oh, but that's not like that. That's what was driven. That's what was driving the finances behind that decision. Mm-hmm. But what was it, it was a creative decision that Zach always wanted him to play with an American accent because it was based on American characters, like yeah. real life American characters that, that Zach knew. Mm-hmm. I got very close with Doug, his his manager, and 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 Doug was basically like you know not even Chris Nolan knew what accent Gary was going to play on 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 Batman. Right, you know, you find yeah. out on the deck, <clears throat> yeah, and 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 we were like, really, oh, shit, okay. Um, <laughs> if that's so, Chris Nolan, what's he going to do here? Yeah, I mean, and so know. you know, because he's a Scottish dance mate, and and and, <laughs> and and it was just like the, we had we had the financiers sweating, didn't we? Um, well, sure. there was a certain amount of pressure to that he would have an American accent, and yeah, James is right; it it was always intended to be. And I I had yeah, no, 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 no go, go, go. Oh, I was just going to yeah. say I had. Um, this conversation with Gary Oldman over the phone because I was in London about prepping and he was yeah. in Los Angeles and we were talking about the script and we had, a, we had a great long talk and I was telling him about the character and how I loosely based it on two people and I knew I was supposed to in that conversation sort of confirm that it would be an American accent. However, that's when I have my fork. To, like, to, yeah. to, in yeah. order, because I had said it's based on two New Yorkers, we mm. talked about the New Yorkers it was based on. For me to actually say out loud and he'll have an American accent felt so tonally off. Felt like saying, oh, and uh, Gary Oldman, when he goes outside, he'll be wearing shoes. It felt like a stupid yeah. thing to say. Sure. So then when they kept asking me, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think so. And so, at, and that was the thing where the day before we asked um, Doug, who's like, yeah, his manager, but also sort of his yeah. very close friend, mm-hmm. producing par- producing partner. I said, look, you know, I'm sure it's fine, but you know, is, is Gary going to have an American accent tomorrow? And he, and he said, well, I have no idea. 
Oh, he, oh, said, he, said, he said it's not going to be yeah, like Italian American, but it, and it's not going to be broad Scottish yeah. like Sean Connery. Besides that, I have no idea. Gary's going to do what Gary's going to do. And I was like, wow. right. And I was like, well, and if he is doing, let's say, an English accent or something, is it cool if I were to like give him a a note and 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 he was like no, <laughs> no. he's like he's like Gary Gary's you know he's been doing this for months like he's he's got rehearsing. he's rehearsing like it is done that's the challenge is it when you when you I suppose you're working with an actor who's done so many films mm. how do you know what to give them it's it, what direction was yeah as in yeah. at what point do you step in do you wait till they ask you how did you how did you traverse this when did you decide the, 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 did you let him ask you for yeah I think the truth is because as you know filmmakers will be listening to this I got I got really lucky um, in this particular instance where um, a friend of my wife's uh, knew uh, Joe Wright who had directed uh, yeah. Gary in. Dark Sour, mm-hmm. where he obviously mm-hmm. played um, Churchill and won the Oscar. Won the Oscar and um, he knew the I, accent there. I reached him. <laughs> he I re- knew he did. So yeah. I reached out to Joe Wright, who was incredibly generous, and called me. And we had about a yeah forty minute conversation. And he literally kind of told me what it was like um, and things that he had learned about what would work well, what work, would not work well. Mm-hmm. And I and I think. Had I not had that, uh, it would have been more difficult. But having that information and that and that sort of tool bag um, to be able to approach things it really helped. And to be honest, experientially, it was it was really fun. Um, you know, they say like, "Don't meet your heroes," mm-hmm. and that to me has been true my entire life. And it's I think normal. You know, you you have a idea of someone, you meet them, and it shatters that. And that has happened to me time and time again, <laughs> and broken my heart time and time again. Oh. Um, Gary Oldman is the only time um, thus far in my life where Gary Oldman was a hero, you know, from yeah. Sid and Nancy and True Romance and these performances, definitely a hero. And then meeting him and working with him, he's more of a hero now than uh, than before. And that's very special. That and and special, it really was yeah. a, you know, a very exciting um, experience. Yeah. But the, but the end of the accent story yeah. Is, yeah. is that, we, you know, one of the finances w- was on the set and, and he needed this american accent and so you know we're like five minutes before about a shoot Holy shit. this is a bit like billy murray is he gonna turn up yeah. not billy murray no billy, sorry yeah, yeah, billy yeah, murray yeah, will turn up billy bill murray yeah, yeah. So this is like bill murray lovely. yeah he is he scarf once. yeah what, billy murray, bill murray, or billy oh. murray gave you a which one because billy murray's a brilliant uk actor no billy bill murray Mur- gave me a scarf i really like him and he gave did you need a scarf were you cold was it like he's just a very nice man it was a summer it was a really hot day that means he's trying to strangle you yeah here's a scarf what's going on i imagine you worked with him on the um, yeah. yeah rise of the foot soldier yeah yeah, yeah. okay cool man. so right this is not bill murray yeah is he gonna turn up is yeah. he not he, but gary was there just gary was there but now yeah. you don't know if he's doing the accent so, so it's five minutes before yep Zach calls and first because because we did Gary first so, first so your first ever shots on the career were yeah. with Gary Oldman yeah, so I tried to get him at the end but yes, the only evader because I wanted Zach to have Relax eating and then do the shoot yeah. and then Please. get to the star yeah. but, but it was the he only chance that we had because he was over for the BAFTAs he was presenting an award as he does and then he, and then he lives in he lives just outside of LA mm. um, and so in Palm Springs and uh, it was the only chance we had and so you know we're there and Five minutes before Zach calls, you know, let's go. Uh, we have the finances sitting on the other side of the room. Literally, his legs will not sit Well, I had still. to tell him what the truth. I said, he said, is he it, it going to be an American accent? And I said, look. Gary's going to do what Gary's, Gary's going to do. what Gary's going to do. And he went, his face was, he didn't say I anything. Said, his face went, you're fucking kidding me. Fuck. <laughs> what can you do? Like, you can do nothing. I can do nothing. Uh, yeah. yeah you're like, and well, you can't tell him to change yeah. it if he starts. Yeah. What do you say? You tell him. So he came out. So the, exactly. Yeah. So the camera rolled. Well, hang on. No, no. So then I've got Doug, who's Gary's manager. Yeah. Sitting next to me, and he's like, "James, is is this guy okay? Because the finance was literally oh, no finance. Because he was just falling. He was literally the chair almost broke with how much right. he was shaking. <laughs> and then uh, he's clearly promised somebody that. Don't worry, I've well, got a sword. Gary's well, that's gonna, that's yeah. how they sell the movie. Well, I because I, get it. I did, but that and that was yeah. my that was my. I'll and never he, do that again. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take care of it. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then he called action, and Gary's first words came out, <laughs> and this shaking start, and he just slumped away, <laughs> oh, and he looked over at me like he just had sex. And, I was just, and, and then and then Doug again said to me, "Is he okay?" <laughs> <laughs> 
I was just like, yeah, he's always like that. That's <laughs> amazing. That's so good. I, we love financiers, obviously, because they, they help make the films for us and they make things move forward. But So working with Gary was wonderful. Yeah. In those scenes with Craig Conway as well, who's wonderful. I know you've worked with yeah, him. Yeah, very good friend. Mara. I've scored his death seven times. Seven deaths yeah. for Craig yeah. Conway. This was the first yeah. time. He didn't die. No, I didn't die in this movie. Yeah, oh. it's the first time I didn't. He, he lived. He did. He, was he prevailed. Do, ah, he was going to come yeah. and do Arthur. And I was Merlin. disappointed. Nights and come. I bet, and he wasn't going to die in that, which yeah. was it was great. But he couldn't because he was filming something else. Um, did he die in the thing? The other thing. The other thing. Probably he probably did. He probably did. But a lot. Kill him in the sequel. He dies in a lot. The yeah. sequel, The Courier Two. Yeah. 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 Kill him yeah. in that. Yeah. 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 Just bring him back to kill yeah. him in that. But no, but he was yeah, absolutely fantastic actor and really fun. He's um, on episode eighty, by the way. If you want to yeah. listen to the podcast you, with him. Got a, no, no. I you wrote have it. an amazing yeah, chronological memory. Yeah. 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 Or you, is this beforehand? I, I I looked it up beforehand. I admit nothing. I actually look it up, but not remember it. Yeah. Well, that's it. For the listeners, Giles has a notebook in front of him. Actually, I wrote. On notes, did and you? I printed them off for me in CJ, and I left them at home. Really? Yeah, <laughs> really. I did, I, this is one of the things I didn't need notes. I was he doesn't saying need earlier, <laughs> Zach and I, we showing you up. We I shot, don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> I do Giles. Um, so anyway, to, to jump back to so obviously, Mario starred Olga Kurilenko yeah. there. Is that how you brought her on board for the courier here? That was my segue, my link. Yeah, and we went off. Yeah, no, no, so, no, you know, no, no, no. in your notes. Um, I had it in my brain. Though. Oh, well done. Thank you. You know, she was incredible in that. Um, I think, I think, uh, like, my experience with Olga Primaro was that she hadn't had a lot of roles with, um, like, a huge amount of sort of emotional sort of sort of depth to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She, she sort of always asked to sort of play quite straight down the middle mm-hmm. sort of action roles. And uh, so when she came on Mara, um, in fact, we, we brought her on Mara and then she left the project and... It then took us two years to try and find another lead. And That's then eventually right. we came back to Olga as a last minute sort mm-hmm. of, because we had the finance sort of then and we had to shoot it in six weeks time. We were like, oh, fuck it. Let's go. Like, let's just try and get Olga again. She was yeah. the first choice. And she came back on board and she just knocked out the part. Like she was amazing, she like was. really intense. The film's amazing. Mara, if you Thank haven't you. seen it, uh, do go watch it. Craig and um, Olga are brilliant in Thank it. And you. it's a wonderful that means film. A lot. should be proud. It's yeah. wonderful. Because I, I, I know it's low budget and I, you yeah. know, in terms of movie making American budgets, it's low. Yeah. But yeah, it was. It's it great. Was. It's great. How, let's but, talk about finance then because now you're, you've, you've moved into that sort of realm. Yeah. Sort of how, what's the tips and tricks for filmmakers out there? Is, is people, that's the first thing people ask is I want to make a movie. How the fuck do I do it? because money is a main aspect what is your techniques what do you do do you do packs do you do presentations how do you speak yeah, to investors yeah I, mean, I think um, you know if, if you're a lot of a lot of British films get a lot of backing from um, you know the BFI or, or you know the UK Film Council before that a lot of indie films don't but yeah <laughs> but, but if yeah, they're yeah. if they're sort of in that art house sort of wheel yes. you know what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, if they tick all those boxes and and I guess I always um, uh, made it harder for myself by not making not wanting to make those sort of films it's not that I don't appreciate them and I love scoring them but cool. they're just not the sort of films that I like when Scott and I set out we wanted to sort of really try and bring commercial movies to the UK mm-hmm. um and, and, on a, and on a budget totally do you know yeah. what I mean um, the final score was amazing brilliant brilliant movie yeah he, really he cool. did he did very well it was a big film mm. for him, so it was good um, and getting West Ham Stadium was totally well, we, yeah. we shot at West Ham Stadium for the that, craze that was the genesis of that project yeah. well, it was, came was from it because the it's, it's because we were there shooting yeah. pickups there you go yeah. um, that it was like hey That's they're right. going to blow this place up we should make Die Hard yeah, I remember the conversation with Craig Turi. Yeah, I think I was stood there when they had that conversation. There you go. So that was the element for final score. It, just saying, but uh, foolish, we went above foolish, his head. No. Sorry, and, Craig, uh, we got the film done. Great. So sorry. Yeah, James Carroll. Uh, yeah. Well, no. So, so I mean, bit. I think <laughs> if you're trying to make commercial movies, it's it's. I always equate it to the Wild Wild West. You know, in the uh, you, you literally you just have to go out there, and unfortunately. In the film world, in when you're trying to make those commercial movies and you and you're independent and you're not in a studio system and you're not with you know the BFI or, or, or system like that, there are no rules. And so, unfortunately, because of that, you do end up working with a lot of sharks and a lot of people who, mm. you know, yeah. it, it takes a long time to yeah. educate yourself. And there's no way of doing that. There is you can't go to a school that educates you into how to go out there and find a you know. 
an independent financier who wants to make a commercial movie um you just have to you just have to learn as you as you go by and you know and, and on the first couple of movies scott and i made you know we got totally fucked over um mm. and and you just you just have to go through that process and learn but in terms of how do i get my film finance it's it's just about going out there but and, and putting yourself out there and you know going out to la or 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 um you know rummaging through imdb and, and trying to find people who have made these sort of movies before and then try and get in the, get in a room with them i think what really helped like clive who was a first-time director on mara mm. it was really hard to sell him um, because he'd really only done one short before and you know it hadn't done incredibly well across the circuit it was a great short but it you know just hadn't got that attention that we would have hoped for mm-hmm. um and so i think yes making what we did on mara and on a couple of other films as well is we put together a like a sizzle really and i'm not talking about cutting together scenes from other movies and saying this is what i want to be like sure. but actually putting up like five ten twenty grand finding that money and going out and making a, like a, a a promo of the movie you want to make like you know we sort of just see who, who you can get in as actors you know mm-hmm. craig was great he he was part of the promo mara there you and, go. You know, yeah. not being the same role in the film um and so you know trying to get a little bit of money and do that um and then make a really 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 good promo pack like for mara we we did it was the best one we'd ever done it was um and clive was responsible for this you know you know we gave him direction but he put it together um and it, and it was literally it was a diary of of kate as you know because she's basically like a psychologist in a way mm-hmm. um it, it was it was a diary of hers and it had like you know what she thought about dougie and then what is mara and all this sort of stuff and, and it just it was it was a really well done like a notebook style and i think if you have that and a good promo um and then you know that's that's how you sell yourself especially if you're like a first time director sort mm. of thing obviously once your second time you've got a film to show people totally and what about the financials did you, you you plan all that in there and your waterfall and stuff like that is that part of your packs elevate every morning with tommy john's second skin underwear the luxurious support of second skin guarantees everything will go smoothly with over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews guys love tommy john plus your most valuable assets are covered with tommy john's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee shop tommy john's friends and family sale right now and get 25 percent off site-wide at tommyjohn.com spotify tommyjohn.com spotify see site for details yeah, yeah yeah i mean that we had a creative pack and a and a finance pack yeah mm-hmm. so different packs um uh i suppose it helps the more films you make as well in terms of you can go well look this film did this and look what we made yeah this one did this so therefore you become more of a yeah viable option for yeah. investors yeah you have to sell 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 definitely mm-hmm. i just want to say in terms of from a directing point of view mm-hmm. in that sense of like James is saying, you know, if you if you don't if you can't put together thirty five thousand or twenty five thousand versus a real what what I really think is uh incredibly useful is 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 a deck or 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 lookbook. And yeah. and and I religiously do them for each film. And for a while I felt um to be honest, I was compelled to do them, but I felt a little silly. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was wandering around with a collage, like a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like a full grown man with a child. And I'm like, I've got I pictures. Drew a I drew a poster. <laughs> yeah, true, a poster. <laughs> really? And yeah. and it was I think I got a little bit of confidence. Um a few years ago I was doing a comedy and we were trying to get uh, David Arquette to be in it mm-hmm. and we I sort of got a meeting with him. No one thought we didn't have any money to give him. We didn't think we'd be able to do it. It was a micro budget. And it, it was it was David Arquette and I alone and it was the lookbook that got him to come on board. And after that I felt more confident. Mm. Um, but I do think for cast and for investors that presentation of, of a director's vision, what you want the film to be yeah. is so important. And you don't need money to do that. You no. you need time and, and, and effort. That's how I got the dare made was hundred percent that the fact that yeah. I'd done the full lookbook, full pack, full presentation of how I'm going to do it with scenes, why, what this means. And then I did a, a sizzle reel as well. Yeah. And eventually they sort of go, all right, it'd be my first film. They eventually believe in you and go, yeah. okay, I'm going to But when you, so you, when, when you'd made your sizzle reel and your, your lookbook, mm-hmm. where did you go? We're like, right now out to the world. Or well, that was, that was the problem. It's yeah. then where do you put it? And yeah. like James was saying, you kind of from going to events and meetings and wherever yeah. it is, events, festivals, festivals yeah. you just keep 
knocking on doors and sending it to the right, mm. anyone really. And it's exhausting. It's well. exhausting. You feel like a whore. Mm. You do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Festivals also were were a big part of of my journey. Yeah, yeah because I th- there was I think a lot of the film industry is about uh, rejection. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, when you're starting out, I think it's about rejection and getting a lot of no's. You have to learn how to deal with that. And I think mm-hmm. that it and it can be. Uh, it can be, you know, heartbreaking and soul destroying. But I think what the festivals allowed me to do is, you know, I did some shorts, and they were at uh, Los Angeles Film Festival and um, uh, Sundance, um, yeah, yeah, and these places uh, gave me they, they sort of celebrate the filmmaker, and they yeah. they encouraged uh, me and friends at the time to crack on. And so I think that's a great environment. Have you had any either of you uh, moments where you're like, oh fuck it, you know, or has there been you know a lowest moment or a point where you're like. I'm just hitting my head against the same brick wall, or has there ever been a uh, that kind of all the time? Good, every, 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 most days, all the time. Yeah, yeah. but I, you know, and it I, doesn't it, like it gets easier but harder. Easier but harder. Easier but harder. The problem yeah. with part of the process is rejection, the nose, the yeah. it's not going to happen. It's yeah, and you're always trying to ele- like you're always trying to do better than next time. You're always sure. Yeah. Ambition is to do bigger and, yeah. and, and better and films. And, what, what people, what, and yeah. so, you know, if you've done a five or six million dollar film mm. and your next one you want to do a 15, mm. you know, people aren't just going to go, oh, yeah, great, we'll give you 10 million more dollars so, next time. You know, you, you you have to go through a similar process. We're like, okay, we'll do a lookbook again and and we'll put together a little thing. And do you know what I mean? Like, mm. and you still have to. Absolutely, and I it's, think it's, yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, is once you've done a movie, there aren't just going to be hundreds of people lined up going, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you want to do your next one?" Like, yeah. unless it's like just gone astronomical, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the, or the human yeah. centipede, which you scored the second <laughs> one on, just to drop <laughs> that, in. that. Pleasure, out. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Again, no notes. Yeah, no notes. <laughs> all in my you head. Have to, you have to love making films, and you have to love yeah. love the process, and and really not be able to do anything else because there's a lot easier ways to to make a living. You know, frankly, mm-hmm. and I think also what I've learned over time is there there is a sort of um there there. The, there is a, there, it's sort of arbitrary sometimes. And so, then you find as well, once you've got into yeah one festival, the the floodgates open. Oh yeah, guys, you sorry, we can you can talk. Uh, do you need to? I might have to go and yeah, if that's all, sorry. Of course, because yeah. it's your screen I don't want tonight. To. No, 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 it's yeah. just been this brilliant. Is very fun. Of the conversation, yeah. James. Any any closing thoughts? No, no, it's thoughts? good. Any uh, what can we ask? Well, a little bit of advice. Uh, last bit of advice yeah. before you shoot off and go get a pint. <laughs> um, just, yeah, like to, to be honest, I I can't stress enough just about whether you're a composer or, or or producer trying to put something together. Just put yourself out there, like, and it's it's hard because you know you've been scrounging around for years anyway on no money, mm-hmm. but you know sometimes just just trying to put together a little bit of extra cash just to like go to America or go to Cannes or go to something. You know, like the festivals are great because. Um, uh, you know, everyone's in the same place. Yes. You know, you can hit the American, the European, the Brit- the British film industry all at the same time. Yeah. Um, if but- you only had the money to do one this year or next year, what would you do? Good. What would be your your Good question? All, uh, all, all, all everything on black. Everything on black. <laughs> yeah. Um, AFM. I'd have said AFM. I've never been, but I'd have yeah. said AFM. Yeah. Say it's AFM. better than Cam. But AF, yeah, AFM is very different in the. Um, it's more of a market, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's a purely market thing, yeah. but everyone's still there. So if you wanted to try and and uh I mean the only problem with FM is that because it's a market everyone is selling I think well they're selling every market all the time but it can get too busy so you know people will cancel and stuff so I think yeah. in the I think just after FM, like towards the back end of FM as things are slowing down head yeah. out there Do you start meetings before you go or when you get there Um before you go yeah, okay. before you go, but but leave room. Yep, like always leave room in schedule because you will always meet someone. Mm. You'll go out for a drink one night, and they'll be like, "Oh, you should meet Jeff." Yeah, you'll be like, oh, cool. What's yeah. Jeff? And then you meet Paramount like, president. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeff <laughs> will be like, "You haven't met Roger." Yeah, yeah. no, and you're like, and you're like, I don't have any time there. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff, you're well, a I'm a strict schedule, <laughs> and you're not. Yeah, so yeah. I like plan a few, but spread them out, and always just be prepared that that your schedule will change every day. Uh, but yeah amazing James Eberbach thank you thank, thank you, you so much thanks CJ thank you Giles really appreciate it <laughs> my thank pleasure you. man thank you Zach thank you I'll be nice out for five you. minutes can you just make sure the posters are up I'm, that's what I'm thank you Keep your mind. This is all he's still producing he's still working he's still producing even now cheers James cheers James
So, yeah, let's jump into the career then real quick before yeah. you've got to go, because it's a big screening tonight. Cast and crew, we don't want to hold you up too long. But I love the film. I thought it was, like I say, balls to the wall, action, just so cool. And Olga Kurilenko was just so, just, I can't believe how much she got beat up. And kept going. I was yeah, like, and it's really squelchy. Oh my god! It's really good. Yeah, like, it's like gory and all the brilliant. It's uh, and there's some really good. Like there's some very very inventive and oh, that's a that's yeah, a, a genre. Um, <laughs> some of the kills in there are really imaginative. Oh, cool. But yeah. Before we get, just jump back on how it, it actually came about, how the money happened, how yeah. it actually became this brilliant film that what it is. Well, it was it was offered to me uh, by an, a producer. Uh, named Andy Prendergast who've been developing it mm-hmm. and um, it, I thought it was uh, I thought I liked the script I liked mm-hmm. that it was something that would work internationally yeah. um, you know I'd been doing these British gangster films that are great but they really only really really work in the UK um, so it had that that scope that international appeal um, as an action film that was a clever script but the the main character was it was a guy and um, it was really a signature that got behind the idea of um, of the career of being a woman. Uh-huh. See, it's a great idea, and that changed right? everything for me. That yeah. made it so yeah. much more interesting yeah. because it it really gets to you get to play with the gender dynamics of mm-hmm. you know, Amit Shaw's character Nick is is the damsel in distress, you know, yeah. and 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 he's a likable guy, but he's you know not a protector at all, right? So yeah. he's the one in these types of films usually is a pretty girl, and um, the courier uh, Olga Kurylenko's character has this violent skill set, um, and she's the protector. So that that was really fun and interesting to sort of get into that and their dynamic and. Would it be romantic, you know, like mm. the transporter franchise? You know, he ends up usually getting the girl. So sure. we looked at that and we were like, nah. No. I'm still, I'm, yeah. Yeah. And then with. Um, it's not a spoiler, that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, no yeah. but. And then, you know, with, with Ahmed and Olga actually in rehearsals, finding that and doing rewrites and, and finding they had almost like a sort of brother sister dynamic um, yes. that, yeah, that, that, cool. that worked and an odd couple dynamic yeah. that mm. worked. Um, but to jump back, so, so when we made it, um, we changed the script in that way. Um, and then uh, James, um, you know, got Olga to meet with us and, and she came aboard the project. And then... Um, that must have been a great moment, right? When you, you meet Olga and she's fantastic and she's like, well, yeah, I'd love to do this. No, it was extraordinary. And, it, yeah. and I think, you know, I won't get used to it as, as a filmmaker, but Olga was my first choice to play the courier. And she said yes. And that was, you know, very exciting. And mm. then Gary Oldman was my first choice to play Zico Mennings. And, and he, you know, said yes. Um and that was, and then we got Dermot Maroney, who totally. you know was like always. Oh, it's just Dermot Maroney. It's great. Yeah. good to hear some rehearsal time as well. Yeah, again on. Yeah, no, James was great. He fought for that, but and, not with and, Gary. <laughs> no. Well, we had you know we had like a sort of day where we you know we we walked through the locations and and, oh, so and he, we, we he came to set or we like yeah just yeah. didn't do accent at that point. We're not going to do. Accent. You're still should I try a little bit? Yeah, yeah do you want to do no? He's like no. How long were you shooting for? Uh, I think we had twenty two days all in. Okay, so it's pretty wow. that's, that's uh, you know tight yeah. and a lot. You must have got it well, was tight. Yeah. Long day, six day weeks, or how do you how do you plan uh, your? Do you have any do you have any insistence on your? I mean, I've I've always tried to sort of say it never works. I've only had it done once, but trying to do five day weeks, but really long days. Yeah, because mm. cool, and it's actually a quite a, it works out better. But, yeah. um, I did a mix on nights. Yeah, we did a mix. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that worked really worked. I it think really it works. Yeah. yeah, I think if you give your crew a weekend off, it, they can crew come back more it. revitalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find six day weeks can be. Tough. Mm. People just feel. Um, you don't feel, reset. Do everyone you? gets no. too tired. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you did six on this. On the no, career. we did. We did. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Fortnight splits. Where, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Where you so, and you know, the, we, I think the, I think what we one of the things we did right on the couriers is we had, um, we we kind of had to for the schedules. We we did split units. Mm. Um, so we had a we had a, a second unit. Um, and and by the end. Because you know we got a little behind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last day, um, I had I think uh, five five units going at the same time. Wow. And, and that was pretty pretty. Five you units. bouncing between all units, or do you have yeah. a second unit director? Or how did you? Well, it was up? a little of both. Fifth I, unit I, I actually Fifth I, unit. I did it. <laughs> I, I did a similar thing on Foot Soldier for a sim- similar reason because we didn't have that long to shoot. Mm. We were trying to do a lot, and I think it worked because on Foot Soldier we were in a soundstage or kind of a warehouse at Peacock. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> great. And on the Courier we were in a parking garage. Yeah, um, yeah. and so 
because it was all we were all sort of in one location but far enough from each other that we could we could shoot at the same time that was able to happen at the same time yeah. um and it and it so I, it was you know i would try to have as many on monitors and see as it's all happening at the same time and i think three i was watching as they're happening and i think two were just uh you know, hoping for the best and yeah, saw the footage la- later. Mm. I mean, you had a great stunt team, but Peter Pedrero did it, right? And obviously he did Final Score and I actually met him on the crates, right? I think Jude also did that, Jude Poyer as well. But yeah, um, yeah that, I mean, the stunts in this are just outrageous. I mean, they're just so good. Just the fights, just, I was like, yep, that worked. Yep, that worked. Every hit, I was like, oh, geez. Yeah, no, they, they, you know, Peter and the team, they have a lot of experience and it, and it, and it's great. And it's, I love that. It's one of my favorite, you know, favorite parts of, of, of action films is that choreography and that sort of mm. dance, you know, where you, everything's trying to work at the same time. You're trying yeah. to work with camera and location and stunts and teams yeah. and when it all works, which, you know, <laughs> which it can on a tight schedule. Sometimes it does. It's yeah. just beautiful. And did they rehearse beforehand? So Olga, yeah, and, Olga and Peter and, and, uh, Lee Charles, they all, they all, uh, Worked really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, was, you and, might, yeah, because looking at it, I was like, this has to have been choreographed. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, like, you couldn't have done this on the day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's a, they put a lot into it. Yeah, and when you came it. on board, was the money already in place? Was it already a go project? No. Um, so, so you know, basically, James and I put it together. Um, right. So signature. Um, we love Signature. Who did you do with the most there? Was it? Well, I've known Mark Goldberg for a while. Great. Um, great. I feel like I've made a ton of movies with Mark uh, now because Signature also, they distributed they, they the, the craze. films. Yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, so you went out and found the money and uh, well, got Signature on board because of yeah your relationship with them and the fact that you've done really well with your films and, and make great films. You're an exciting pair of hands and that's that must be a really good place to be, right? To go, well, we want to go and make this. No, it was exciting. And actually, I, went out, I remember because... Um, uh, you know, Signature got behind it, I think at a, you know, smaller budget. And I had a list of names mm. that they would finance it with. And I had a piece of paper with a list of names. And I went out to LA and to sort of meet with covering agents. And so it was exciting that we ended up getting a bigger cast and then a bigger film. Um, and it all came together. And, and you know, Mark Goldberg got behind it. And mm. um, it wouldn't have happened had he not stepped up. That's great. I was at the um, Signature launch it's a couple of weeks ago, and your film and my film were there next to each other on the oh, posters. Cool. This, yeah, how cool was that? The Courier you and uh, Arthur and Merlin next to each um, other. It's cool. We better let exactly yeah, thank you both so, so, so much. Very thank quickly, look, ten seconds. Uh, quick bit of advice for anybody listening. Yeah, just uh, just do what you think is good and. Um, don't give up. Keep cracking at and it. And attend your own premiere. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the Courier is out now, everyone. It's Do go today. see it. It's out today. Friday, this will be out Tuesday, so it's out now. Go watch it. Thank you guys so much. Zach, thank you for your time. Bloody pleasure. Buddy. Take care. Well, there you have it. That was uh, this week's podcast with Zach Adler and James Edward Barker. I hope you learned loads. It was a real joy and a treat to chat with them. God, so much fun. Okay, so uh, next week's podcast, like I say, is going to be with Anthony McCartan, um, writer, producer of The Darkest Hour, and of course, um, he wrote Bohemian Rhapsody and The Two Popes, which is out now. Do go see it. Wow, uh, what a lineup we have for you. And then January the 7th, we have the fantastic Kirstie Wilson Cairns, who screen wrote 1917, which I just loved. I loved seeing that movie. It was so bloody good. Uh, for those of you who are looking for the discount for Rain Dance, um, we have a really cool offer for you this week because um, there's been no better time to go make your movie. But your bank account says otherwise, right? That's one of our main issues is the problem. But in this low-to-no-budget class at Raindance, you'll be taught to create a film from concept to distribution with little-to-no-budget. It's going to be a really, really cool course. Uh, use L-O-T-O-N-O, Film 20. Lotono, Film 20. Uh, who wrote that? Bailey, come on. <laughs> Bailey at Raindance, that's a tough one. It link us into the show notes to that. Uh, L-O-T-O-N-O, Film 20. And you can get 20% off that course and you can start your New Year's resolution in 1080p. I like that. That's kind of cool. Uh, And that date is, it's over one weekend and it's Saturday and Sunday, the 17th and 18th of October. So it's ages away. So you can prepare and build for that, but you get 20% off. Uh, So it's a big weekend course. It is nice price. So therefore that discount is properly worth using. Um... And the link to that is in the show notes. I'm not going to read that out again. Um, shout out this week go to Tessie Anderson, 
Torsten Collinge, uh, Diane Knight, and Neil McHenry West, who has a new GoFundMe page for his short film Asylum that he wants to make. It's a proof of concept for his next feature. He made the film Containment, which is a really cool sci-fi indie film, and he will be appearing on the podcast next year in 2020 as well. And to remind you, A Serial Killer's Guide to Life is out January the 13th. I will be peddling this a lot because I do want you to support. Stan, Cousins Row and Poppy Row will be on the next Make Your Film, which is on January the 28th, talking about how... They made a serial killer's guide to life. And obviously I can join in because I produced the movie, um, which was so much fun. Uh, and how you can go make a movie on micro budget and go out there and do it with crowdfunding and the help of your friends. You can do it. It's not impossible. Um, make things happen. And like I say, Make Your Film is on the 28th. They're our first guests. The second and third guests will be announced very soon. But do not miss out on the early bird tickets if you want them. They're only seven quid. I mean, it's nothing. Seven quid. Great networking night in London. Learn about indie filmmaking and Hollywood filmmaking. What have you got to lose? Listen, go out. Have a great holiday season do it wherever you live in the world i know it's not christmas for everyone but it is the holiday season and if you get a chance to write and create during that time do it don't sit back don't just go oh i'm just going to watch netflix again unless you're watching the two posts which you're allowed to do and of course unless you're watching the courier which of course you're allowed to do but maybe think when you're watching those films about how they shot it think about how they how they got the money for it and how you can do that too and you can go out there in 2020 and make your film and make it happen. Believe in yourself. I want to hear about your success stories. Get in touch with me at Filmmakers Pod or at Giles Alderson and stay in touch. Let me know what's happening. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to rise up and do well, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. Until next Tuesday, which will be Monday. So until next Monday, um, have a good holiday break. I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting. And I'll, uh, I'll see you very soon. Bye for now. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year.